0: A not-so-quick pod, but still a quick pod. Combo Nation! Happy Monday, and what is up, everyone? Welcome to another quick pod of Combo's Court. And you know I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button on today's quick pod. We discuss the Antonio Brown situation, Kyrie and the Nets podcasting. Nick Diaz of the Veterans Minimum joins in. Let's... Get into it. Nick Diaz of the Veterans Minimum. Welcome to this quick pod of Combos Court. How are you feeling today,
1: man? What is new? What's good, bro? It's it's always nice to connect. I'm excited to be on your show this time. You were on my show a couple weeks ago, and I got some great feedback. And it's cool, man. You know, just keeping busy, the usual with me. I got some great feedback as well from
0: those videos. People really love the videos. I love everything you're doing at the Veterans Minimum. You cover the NFL closely. Uh mm-hmm. this Antonio Brown situation is crazy. Have you ever seen anything like it in the sport of football?
1: I don't even think the sport of football. I think across the board, I don't think I can recall something like that go down where dude just got up and left like in the middle of the game like that. You've seen you've seen players just you know, take off their equipment and sit on the bench, right? Like, don't talk to me. Get away from my face kind of thing. Maybe an NBA guy takes off his shoes or whatever it might be. But you've never seen it to that extent where he's throwing his gloves to the crowd. He's it was throwing like a spectacle, right? Yeah, yeah. And in, in AB fashion, like, it's always been about him. Like, his whole career has been. It, it's weird how his career actually came about because dude was a fifth round pick. Right. So he wasn't a top prospect coming out. He's from central Michigan and he went through the growing pains of being a young wide receiver with the Steelers. And then when he got his chance, dude's floor was like a hundred catches and 1200 yards, right? Like guy was an absolute savage out there. And I can't think of a wide receiver that's had a better five, six year run than he had with Pittsburgh. So you're talking about, he was the unanimous best player at his position. And then Combo, there's a hit, uh, an iconic hit that he takes in the playoffs against the Bengals and kind of knocks him out the game. And from then on, that's when all the, the, the BS started with A.B.
0: Do you believe that any attention is good attention? This could actually help him in the long run.
1: I would say any attention is good attention. Not here, though, because this isn't the first time that it happens with him. There's been. Countless scenarios and situations that he's been in, where I mean his exit from Pittsburgh was awful. He goes to the Raiders, awful exit, goes to New England, awful exit, comes to Tampa Bay, gets his career rejuvenated, like dude was playing at a high level with them too. wins a Super Bowl. he's living in Brady's house. Brady is the ultimate cosign for him. How many more chances can you get? And then you pull this stunt too. And it just becomes a question of, do you put up with someone's BS despite how talented they are? At what point combo do you think enough is enough? That's the question here. I think teams put
0: up with more now than ever before, just because I feel like the players have more leverage because of social media and everything else that happens in in the modern sports era, you know?
1: No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I just feel, I was telling this story on my show Earlier this week about how I always feel across the board, no matter what the genre is, no matter what the category is, people put up with your BS if you're talented. They'll look past it. Yeah, of course. Andrew, if you're dropping 35 a game for the Knicks and you know, every night you're going out getting hammered at the club, but you're dropping 35 and we're winning. I'm the GM, I'll be like, Man, I I wish he could tone it down a bit, but isn't he doing his job? It's such a weird dynamic that you see you know what's crazy about that is that a lot of gms and coaches are
0: waiting for that time where this player falls off so they could you know get them out of here and discipline them and when they don't have the same amount of leverage anymore because they were kind of upset that whole time but they couldn't do anything about it
1: yeah yeah sometimes that's the straw that breaks the campbells back
0: right we could even look at this kyrie situation like he just has leverage and the way the game is now with everybody going in and out of lineups I mean it made sense to me for them to bring him back. It made total sense. What are you just going to pay this guy and not have him back? He's that good and he could you know, he got his way. He got his way mm-hmm. in the law in the you know, in, in the end to be honest.
1: Yeah, he won. What, whatever the battle was between him and this entire situation, I felt like it was there were three big storylines coming into the league. One was the vaccine Kyrie stuff going on with the Nets, right? And then clearly with how Every day is how many guys are on health and protocol, right? Like there's guys coming in from the G League and whatnot. I'm like, dude, stay active. Who knows? You might get a call. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's so crazy. And Kyrie, yeah, he won. And you know what resonated with me yesterday? How happy his teammates were for him in the post game. Yeah. And I don't know if you caught that. I was watching that game when they were playing the Pacers. And yeah, the Pacers are going through some pains right now with their own COVID stuff. But they were like, yo, our guy is back, you know, and that. To me, if the teammates are behind you, I think all that other stuff is just hearsay. And you can kill that noise. Most
0: definitely. I always say Kyrie is the most skillful player in NBA history. The most skillful. Not the best. The most skillful.
1: I, I mean, dude, it's, it, it's hard to argue that. Like, I always would say how he, he – it seems like he just turns it on and off whenever he wants. And, like, he coast. And just like effortlessly, you look up and he got 28. And you're like, how? how? How did you know the handles, the finishing at the cup, I think is my favorite. Like, I think no one finishes like him, especially at, at the guard 100%. position, just a- any direction. Uh, it's just so and just so smooth. So, This is
0: not, I mean, highlights aren't a great way to analyze a player, but in this instance, I think it means sense. It makes sense and shows how much, how skillful this guy is. Like if you watch Kyrie finishes for 20 minutes, you might not see the same finish twice.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. (laughs) And I just, I just remember the one thing when I want to build my teams, right. I always think of it as I call it the five, 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 five scenario, right? It's game five. You're down five. You're on the road with five minutes left. Who's your five? Who are the guys that I could throw out there in a hostile environment in Philly, in Milwaukee that could get the job done? And Kyrie's one of the guys where it's like no question about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, speaking of building, you mentioned the word building, you're building a podcast. Obviously everybody's podcast journey is different. Do you feel your focus is more on the business side at this point or more on the side of actually bringing in the talent and having the conversations? Cause I'm sure there's been a shift from the beginning till now, right?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Cop out answer. I do. I still do both and I treat both the same way because the talent that I bring in to cover a certain topic is going to help the business. hundred percent. So finding the right guests to fit. And I've been able to sort of manipulate my friends into being guests for the (laughs) things that they're well, well, for the things that they're strong at, right? Like we all have friends that watch hockey or watch the NFL or watch basketball, right? We connected on a mutual friend, my buddy Dunbar, who, lives and breathes basketball right so when i want to talk about an nba topic i bring him in as my expert right i bring my buddy dylan on my show who we do talk about a lot of different stuff with him he's so versatile but with him it'll be like hey man espn just paid millions of dollars to have the rights to hockey like are they going to regret it like why isn't hockey more popping in 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 the states like i like hockey i love going to hockey games i'm a ranger fan i follow them But, like, why isn't that a bigger sport? I have my buddies to come on for UFC. I have my friends to come on for soccer. And my audience now knows, oh, a crazy NBA story go down. We know one of the two people that are going to come on consistently. And it helps the growth of the business as well. So manipulate. I know I had to explain it before I dropped the manipulate word. (laughs) No, that is interesting because if you bring your
0: close friends in, Yeah, maybe they're not like worldwide leaders in the field, but you know you're going to have great chemistry, you know?
1: To me, that's exactly it. First of all, they can never bail on me, right? They can't be like, oh, I can't make it. I got to reschedule. It's like, dude, I know you're on Xbox. Get to the crib right now. Let's record some (laughs) shit, right? So there's that. There's also, I always think of it as why should people listen to you? Why? Why should someone listen to me who... I don't have a journalism degree. I can't formulate tweets, if I'm being honest with you. I've been offered jobs to write articles. I'm not doing it. That's not my strength. I think I'm very dynamic on a mic. I love being in front of a camera. And I know enough about so many different sports where I like talking about them and having general conversations. And when I bring my friends on, there's a chemistry of all these guys I know for 10, 20 years. And it's yeah. literally conversations we have at the bar, conversations we'll have on Xbox. And it's no different. There's nothing that's set on there that isn't set on the pod. And it's entertaining. There's the chemistry. There's the charisma. There, and it's insightful, too. Like, don't get it twisted. We do come correct. We have some stats. Everyone knows the topics we're going to talk about. So you are becoming a credible source as well from what you hear on the show.
0: Yeah, that all makes sense. Great stuff. Uh, Before you get out of here, tell us more about the Veterans Minimum and where we could find it.
1: You can find it wherever, literally wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. You can watch clips of it. Veterans Minimum is a show that is, uh, I call it a sports and conversation show. And there's a lot of betting in it. There's a lot of NFL, a lot of general sports. Think of it as a non watered down general sports show, right? Like we curse on it. We have fun on it. We're not afraid. Like everybody could get these bars, bro. Like everybody <laughs> could get the smoke. There's no, we don't want to offend nobody, but we kind of, I hate saying we call it how it is. Cause that just means that you like hearing yourself talk, but we kind of just say what's on our mind and we don't say anything too outrageous and we like having fun with it. Great stuff. You're always welcome back on the
0: show. Thanks so much for jumping on and talk soon.
1: Yes, sir. Anytime, bro. You know how it is.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this Combo's Court Quick Pod. Big shouts to Nick Diaz for joining in. We appreciate you. And don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories. And tag me on Instagram at one two combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Combo out.